everybody. This is Jeff Arbuckle, co-host of the Film Seizure podcast, as well as the host of Monster Mondays that you can catch both of these shows at filmseizure.com. But we've got ourselves another best of Film Seizure episode here. Um, Before I talk a little bit about this, a couple of things of note. Uh, New episodes of Film Seizure will be coming in September. We are going to be covering the uh, three Godfather movies in September. So look forward to that. A couple of other things. You can always follow us, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, and you can also subscribe to the show at various podcast sites like uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, um, and a, a few others. We also put some stuff up on uh, YouTube as well. So please feel free to subscribe to us on those various places. All of those places will uh, tell you uh, when things come out. So uh, looking forward to, and you can also uh, interact with us there too. So we're looking forward to getting back into the new stuff. But first, we are still on our summer break. So let's talk a little bit about some best of episodes. Uh, this episode is going to be looking at the 1970 film Five Easy Pieces from uh, Bob Rafelson. And, um, This is one of a trio of Jack Nicholson movies that we ended up covering that was from his stint in the 70s after he kind of got a little bit of notice uh, in a supporting role in Easy Rider. In fact, he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor in Easy Rider. Um, And he started uh, really kind of climbing to the top of the industry. There might have been people who made more money at the box office than he did. There were probably few people who garnered the attention critically quite like he did in the 70s um we would later go on to do both chinatown and one flew over the cuckoo's nest both of which are hugely influential in terms of writing in terms of characters in terms of just when you think of jack nicholson you think of those two roles um those will someday uh sometime down the line also get their own best of treatment as well uh but yeah this is a a really great movie uh we had a really good kind of serious time watching this and then you know sitting down and talking about it um you know it's just it's one of those really kind of heavy dramas from the 70s uh that kind of came out with some of the counterculture stuff that was starting to kind of rise up through the new hollywood system so we hope you do enjoy this this is episode 112 by this time uh chuck had fully joined us uh full time as a uh, co-host so uh he is now uh in in the mix there in this episode uh we will have another uh best of episode next wednesday one that he actually chose uh it's he'll say it's one of the best episodes that we've ever done before you even finish asking him the question what's the best episode we've ever done so look forward to that in the meantime um you can also uh check out monster mondays that's my show every monday at filmseizure.com i am not on a vacation uh even though film seizure currently is so new episodes of that is uh rolling out every monday uh this upcoming uh monday kind of closes out a month of doing tv 
uh, shows and TV monsters, as I called it. And to finish things up, I uh, am looking to Rod Serling and the pilot for Night Gallery. So I uh, hope to hear or hope to uh, that you take a listen to that, that you enjoy those shows as well. I enjoy talking about monster movies, monster shows and so on. So uh, look forward to that. Like I said, follow us Facebook twitter instagram you can always find out when things are releasing so sit back and enjoy uh this uh episode number 112 i believe of uh, film seizure and we will be talking about five easy pieces so thank you again and uh, we'll see you soon Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Film Seizure. I'm Jason Oliver. I'm Jeff Arbuckle. I'm Chuck Moore. <laughs> and today, this week... Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> it's fine. I don't want to talk about it anyway. <laughs> we'll, we'll I, knew, I knew that would have to come in right on the top. I just knew it That's did. That's why I, I was it. losing it. <laughs> And it wasn't helping the I was like, Chuck's laugh. I was like, I'm gonna come in straight with the intro, but I know it's coming. I just I just knew. Okay. Uh we'll explain that. Yes, yeah, so this week this is a really serious movie. It is. <laughs> this week's episode is is five easy pieces, which I think on the surface is probably not a movie that people would expect us to cover on the on the podcast. Would you agree? Oh, probably not. Um but I mean, and it's one that I just kind of threw out there, actually, because oh, I knew I, uh, because I knew that Jeff liked it, and I had just seen it, and I liked it, um, and we had just kind of done uh, the movie Head um, a few, maybe like a year before this, right? A uh, while well, before this, but yeah, and and you know, I'm a big Jack Nicholson fan, anyway. So right. And, and you bring a Jack Nicholson movie, to, and I and I already know two more that are coming down the pike. Yeah. Um, I'm there. I'm, I'm not going to say no. Right. Uh, even that fucking one with Diane Keaton. I'll just skip past her scenes. Which one was that? Something's got to give? Yes. Oof. Yeah. Oof. Oof. So, Do you so think it, he told her to shut up? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like I need. You're to be, dressed like Jack Nicholson. I am. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, put, my, I'm gonna put my hands down my pants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those who aren't uh, here, because this is not a visual medium, uh, Jason's wearing a sweater very similar to what Jack Nicholson wears in this movie. Yeah. The only do. difference is not a turtleneck. Not a turtleneck. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So anyway, um, five easy pieces. Today's episode, 1970. Yes. Um, Directed by Bob Rafelson. Yes. Produced by Burt Schneider. Now, those guys are um, are the monkeys guys. Yeah. Um, That's kind of how I came into this. So uh, if you have heard our, our episode on Head, um, Jeff wasn't really sure how I would take to that movie. Because there's no plot to that movie. Yeah. <laughs> but I fucking love that movie. Like, I really enjoyed it. And and when Jeff started kind of dropping the knowledge about um, Rafelson and and Nicholson and sort of that whole collective back then, um, I kind of got really interested in the BBS productions. So I bought the Criterion box set, 
of those movies, which I believe comes with Last Picture Show, Five Easy Pieces, Head, King of Marvin, Marvin Gardens, yeah. and Easy Rider, I yeah. believe. Oh, and Drive, he said, which or she said. I have not seen that. Okay. Um, yeah. Which I believe Drive, she said, was directed by Jack Nicholson. I think so, yeah. And maybe even written by him. But, it, it, but that that's the one. Is that Bruce Stern? I think so. I don't know. I haven't watched it yet. Or Dennis Hopper. I don't know much about that Bruce one. Uh, anyway, uh, so I watched Five Easy Pieces, and it's remarkably similar, I thought, in theme to Last Picture Show, which I also really, really like. Uh, that's a movie I've, I've liked for a long time. But anyway... <laughs> I'm like meandering here. Uh, I wanted to kind of, I just kind of thought it'd be fun to watch this movie. I mean, I don't know if fun's the right word, but uh, it's an interesting, well, it's, it's an interesting, watch. it's an interesting watch. And I, it's inter- interesting in the, in the time and place when it existed and yeah, when it came it, out. It's a movie that I think a lot of people, a lot of younger people who maybe, I, first of all, I don't know why any younger person would be watching this movie, but uh, but it, it's a movie that if you are, you know, 25 years old and, and hear a lot about this movie or you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, I want to watch that movie. You ain't going to you ain't going to get it. I don't think. Yeah, um, it's it's something that I think that we the three of us have because this would be something that would have affected our parents generation. Right. But I think it's the, the themes are universal. Yeah. here it's just that the it's the way the movie is told is very specific to an era very specific to an era and a type of person yeah now i got a lot to say about that but uh but yeah i mean it's not something that would be as uh, universal today right and it's it, it kind of speaks to that that concept of you know finding your way in this world and that and this is sort of a theme that I've been picking up a lot on in, in the movies that I've been drawn to is this idea that coming of age is this lifelong process, hmm. right? As I've, I've turned 40 and I realize things get real depressing. Well, I, Chuck what, and I already know yeah, that. Yeah. You, you start to, Gravity starts to take hold of everything. Yeah, and I don't start, mean that literally. I mean, <laughs> right. You, yeah. You start, you start buying parking spaces right out in front of your apartment yeah, complex because yeah. you're scared of the ice all of a sudden. You salt the sidewalk before it freezes. Right. Yeah. Yes. But, you know, I think, I think about my dad when he was 40 and I thought, you know, my dad just had it all figured out you know he's 40 years old and he's got he's just he understands the uh, the mechanics of life right and i always thought that no number one that was probably bullshit <laughs> right right yeah, right um but i thought he did and then i always thought that i would right that i would eventually just everything would make sense i think i've mentioned this to you in the past i don't think on the show at all but i was shocked when i turned 40 or around this age that I didn't feel any different than when I was 20. I was still, I guess, just as lost in the world. Um, I had to fight my juvenile brain still a lot of the times (laughs) because I have kids, you know, so you don't really mature so much as you learn to suppress a lot of the shit that goes on in your head. Yeah. One of the the compliments I get a lot, I I guess it's a compliment. Shut up. They say it. <laughs> People say this is a compliment when I work with them because I usually get this compliment at work. But it's, oh, Jeff, you don't seem like you're in your 40s at all. You still seem like a 25 year old. It's like, 
oh, well, that's awesome. Thanks. And I look around my apartment, and it's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's like, yeah, I can be serious about shit, too, you know? Uh, but at the same time, though, it's like, I guess in, in my own mechanism, you know, a, you know, a single guy who's 43 years old now, ugh, and you know it's like yeah i don't want to be old i don't i never thought of myself as being somebody in my 40s but at the same time it's like i don't act like a total kid either right but that's that fits my situation which it would not fit your guys' situation um but yeah so anyway but yeah it's it's still you know it's like i'm still i'm still learning how to right how to feel okay with being a middle-aged person right well it's interesting we we all three i think have different perspectives on middle-aged at this point you know i've been in a long-term relationship 20-year relationship but no kids right chuck you've you know been in a a marriage for a long time and two kids yep oh here we go jeff is jeff is (laughs) well no 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 these are these are all valid valid ways of living your life yeah and Jeff, you know you you've you're a divorcee, you're single, and you've got a totally different aspect, a totally different perspective on on middle age than we do. Yeah, and you know, and and um, I have uh, I embrace uh, various other things like uh, I embrace nostalgia, probably different than you guys mm-hmm. do in different areas, right? Um, or at least sentimentality of things, um, but you know that's just how i've always been in general it's just right. kind of it starts you start turning that dial up with every year that passes that you know it's like that's yeah i mean that's that's uh, nostalgia for me i enjoy sharing the things i loved as a kid with my kids yeah right like that's how i approach my youth now is through showing them things mm-hmm. well it's yeah. a neat experience I, I bet because you get to sort of experience it again through their eyes right right no, right. yeah 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 Absolutely. Um, so well, thanks we, for this week. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> so, so what do we have here with five easy pieces? I mean, Jack Nicholson was in his early 30s in this movie. I think he's supposed to be playing a little younger. Possibly. Uh, I think he is the youngest Dupee uh, or Dupree. Dupee. Yeah, Dupee. Dupee. Um, I always want to say Dupree. Yeah. But no, it's Dupee. Um, he is the youngest sibling with i think the oldest sibling is supposed to be um carl john walton either <laughs> either him or um petita what do we know uh, we which don't... is lois smith oh she's the the sister yes oh i don't think she's older the mi- i th- i got I think the impression she's the that she was the middle or the baby one yeah. or the one or the I, other. I would agree with that even that she was the youngest right but, oh but yeah she, but hmm. she looks older well she was 40 when when the movie was made okay uh, yeah, well, yeah so. but you always had young men in the <clears throat> 70s and 80s it was younger dudes with always like 45 year old yeah. women yeah like casting was weird casting back was then. weird back then or it was a 60 year old man and a 20 year old woman right. there was never like marriage of the ages being right back then part of the problem like too i think with this era of filmmaking and, and the the new hollywood era of filmmaking in particular is it was all very fly by the seat of your pants yeah all very very um 
uh, clicky in the right. sense that you you starred your you cast your friends. Right. Oh yeah. Right. Like people were holding fucking boom mics and then reading their lines. You know. Yeah. I mean, um, Smith worked with with Rafelson and other movies well, later in the seventies. Drive. He said, I think it's called uh, Karen Black was cast and Jack Nicholson directed it. There you go. Right. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. They probably did that well, movie right after no, this one. What right, that probably you know? comes from is uh, Jack Nicholson coming up through the Roger Corman. Yeah. Uh, for group. sure. Whereas just mm. you just do whatever you can as efficiently as possible, and you don't always have the luxury of casting no. the the right look or the right age, right? Yeah, yeah. So well, it's, it's very much like a, it's a it's a theater group. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, and honestly, I don't think they gave a shit. They're no, like they're like really the, 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 the story, the, the 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 performances. That's yeah. everything that matters. The, the, the right. story, the characters. That's where we'll shine. Right. And we get the right person who can say these lines. Now, I did wonder throughout the course of this movie if the, most of what Jack Nicholson said in many scenes, particularly if he's drunk or if he's just kind of, you know, shooting the shit with his buddy Elton, I can't imagine that was scripted. Probably, it not. doesn't Probably feel not. like it. Um, that, that's not. That's not a negative thing. It was just like, hey, this is what this is what you have to get to. You know, here's the end point of the scene. However you get there, we'll figure it out later. So this this movie's interesting in that way, too. The way it starts is Jack Nicholson's blue collar. Yeah. Right? And having not seen it, not done any research, I thought, this is like a blue collar country film. Yeah. Like, I had no idea idea where it was going. Yep. And I I thought he was just going to have a rough life. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I don't want to get too far ahead, but it totally flips that uh-huh. on its head like halfway through the movie. That's really. why. Oh, that's that's wow. what I think is kind of the magic of this movie. Honestly, um, is is the flipping of the head like right. that? Yeah, the right. the when you when you learn that he's he's not a blue collar guy. Right, he's someone who's running away from his privilege, basically. Right. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that's going to ultimately be a lot of the themes that we're going to be kind of talking about in this. But um, yeah, Jack Nicholson's a frustrated young man um which is a very very common thing that came about with uh the later half of the 60s and into the 70s where you have uh these people who are um expected to lead Mm -hmm. but they don't really like where things are headed uh, or they don't really like um what they are leading Right. Absolutely. Uh, they don't want to go off to war. No, they're in the middle of the, the Vietnam War. Yeah. The, the promise of the 60s at this point is is probably looking pretty damn shaky. Right. Right. Yeah. This is when people started to say, I don't want to carry on the family business. Exactly. Yeah. I don't want to take the shop over for that. <laughs> yeah, I don't right. want to, whatever the case may be. Right. It's um, Or um, you have people of privilege, which this is, I mean, I think this is honestly probably the one thing that's more than anything with this movie still present today where you have people of privilege who they don't want to do the same things that that have always you know that they've always been expected of them because of social standing or of uh of um what's the word i'm looking for um a legacy or whatever right Right, you know where it's like well because dad was a pianist or a musician or whatever and made oodles of money where he can live basically on a private you know in a in a mansion on an island in washington then you must also do this and for two of the kids 
that's fine for them. But for one of the kids, that's not what he wants. And he doesn't really get along with his dad. And he doesn't really, I mean, he doesn't really like his older brother. He loves his sister. Right. But that's because mostly because the sister, I don't think, ever really did anything to piss him off. You right. Know? Right. Um, in fact, probably the only person in his life who really, he feels really, really loved by um, that's so, kind of why I think she's the baby, maybe too. That she kind of, I, I guess it really doesn't bit. matter. She looks up to him, but he always took care of her. Yeah, it, maybe, c- it, could, it could also be the opposite. I mean, the mother isn't ever mentioned in this movie. It could she be, may have long she, been there. You know, she may have raised him. You know, right. it's that, possible. That's true. It's possible that the um, that the mom died giving birth to him. Possible, which is why he and his father didn't get along. Now, of course, now we're now we're getting into five easy pieces fanfic. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> that would be hilarious. I'm gonna start up that uh, I'm gonna start up that website right now. Do oh it. Um, but the <laughs> it's called shut up. I was gonna say shut, shut up. up. Shut up. I don't want to talk about this anyway. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it's a um, but it. Uh, I I think she's the middle kid. Because, I think so too. I, be, I got that impression too. Because honestly. I think, and in Jack Nicholson's real life, now of course he didn't know this in 1970. He was raised by his sister. Who, oh yeah. Or his sister, he was raised by his uh, grandmother to think that it was his mom and that his mom was his sister. You know, so he had he has some of this in his life where right. he's he has that frustration of not really maybe understanding his own parentage or understanding why he is the way he is. So you know that kind of comes through in this. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's uh, it's very it's very likely that the that that his sister was kind of his protector or at least the person who always mediated right. I mean, I mean, she's absolutely the matriarch of the family now. I mean, she's the one who's making dinner. She's the one who is taking care of their father, who's essentially a vegetable. A vegetable, yeah, from from having multiple strokes. But she's extremely emotional too. Like she's oh, she's had it. Yeah, she's yeah. She's, she's she's on her last nerve. Yeah, you know, like like a parent would be, or you know, it's like, or at least like a. Um, like a person who's thrusted into parenthood before expecting it, which that also kind of just you just blow right past that in this movie too. Yeah, there's a lot weird. in this they movie a that lot of they things. don't. Yep, go yeah. ahead, Chuck. No, no go, I was just to say they leave a lot of things. They, they kind of drop a hint here and let you carry it forward with yep. the film. Yep, which it, which I appreciate. A lot of the times we talk about movies hammering home an idea or or they're just like, over wow, you're really hitting this on the head a lot but i already get it yeah, yeah. this movie let you kind of roll with it and I, I think it needed it too it needed it to suspend the the first trick yeah right if you want to call it that it could they couldn't go into too much detail about stuff otherwise you'd find out who, who he was right and where he came from too soon you know yeah. Right. Maybe that's unimportant. I don't know, but to me, it felt important. You know, no, no, it, it, it's Absolutely. definitely important. Um, and in many ways, she's my favorite character. The sister. Yeah, I like her too. Yeah, I like. Well, she has little moments, um, a little moments of joy. You know, a little moments of 
of just affection. Oh, and, and there are times where she wants <laughs> to be a little kid again. Like, yeah, like with the ping pong. With ping pong, yeah. The, the Carl, which is the older brother, and Bobby, who's Jack Nicholson, are playing ping pong. And, God, that whole scene kills me because <laughs> Carl has permanently strained his neck <laughs> by having a bicycle accident where he ran into a truck and he's a violinist so of course that fucks up his whole but then he doesn't wear it for the last third of the film i don't know but well i think yeah, he yeah. didn't wear it to dinner there in that yeah. one scene which right. i don't know They're like we're off we're Did done they with just this forget? thing yeah. yeah we're done with this thing well they had to return that proper that was going to cost yeah. another 25 bucks so they didn't have um, so but, now thinking about it sorry to interrupt there i think she the sister represents everything that he does not have yeah and, and right there's, there's, he, she he he can't find joy in little things he yeah he has no heart which is you know kind of pointed out to you in the film so she is everything that he like they kind of are one half of a yeah whole, almost yeah. yeah yeah for sure and you know and he actually is a little happier in those scenes with her he's the most happy when he's with yeah her. it's but the she, only time he kind of yeah. lets loose a little and but she's also miserable yeah, yeah. Because she doesn't get to do what she wants to do or try do try to do new things. That's why I think they're like yeah. polar. He he's doing what she wants. If they both did half of what the other was doing, yeah. it'd be yeah. they'd right. both be happy. Absolutely, people. Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, the, but that old scene where he's, like, he's making fun of the way that he walks. That, that that Carl walks, and it's like you better hire somebody to. To coach you on how to walk out on the stage yeah. when you perform. <laughs> this is one of the funnier, like Jack Nichols, oddly in such a serious film, it's one of his funnier performances to me. Yeah. yeah. He has a lot of jokes and a lot of subtle jokes. And uh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but that's not subtle. But he's like, when he, when he's, yeah, he's, he's just, over and he's like, he's got his head cock sideways. <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> yeah. because, and he's, he go he leans more into that because he doesn't, he, he, uh, I think he starts to get weirded out by his sister talking about the, the male nurse that, that takes care of the dad. Right. And it's like, oh, don't you think that he's attractive? You think he's attractive? <laughs> his, his response is, well, I think he has a wonderful personality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is zero. Right. Personality. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's, uh, and that's when, it, when he realizes that the conversation is going in that direction, he's like, oh, look at him. He's like, oh, you know, and he starts to kind of ham it up. Right. About his brother, just to kind of get away from that kind of conversation. There's a, there's an odd cut in that scene. Um, when uh, Jack Nixon leaves her and asks, well, why don't you ask? spicer to play i know what you're gonna say right and uh and she's quite a, she's doing the funny thing with the ping pong table and she's calling over to spicer who's who is her dad's nurse and he's polishing very the, muscular nurse yeah he's very he was he's like a weightlifter and yeah. stuff yeah like <laughs> jeff said he reminded him of david prowse and clockwork orange. Clock yeah. orange yeah um he uh he's polishing the wheelchair which is bizarre but that's what he's doing and uh he gets up he starts to kind of walk over menacingly yeah to her because he, he's a very creepy looking guy in general. Who, There's another reason for that. Yeah, yeah. We'll we discovered something about him. But uh, <laughs> he starts to walk over and then it cuts right as he shows this sort of jovial emotion. And he says he says a word. He says starts to say something right. and, he, and he puts his hands out and he smiles and it, it, it cuts really abruptly. It's like I there's have a two feeling, scenes. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I have a feeling I know what he's what he's saying there. 
it's probably something like, well, it's about time or something like that. Yeah. Right. Because they go straight from that to two nights later, she's getting a rub down. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that pisses Jack Nicholson off. Because of course everything pisses Jack Nicholson yes. off in this movie. But but then he's because but then also I think that the he, he sees his sister as that one thing that's that pure. he can count on and that's pure yeah. and then and he doesn't think so much of Spicer. Well, he woke him up that one morning. He lifted his, <laughs> his weight. Yeah. So so it's 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 corrupting again something else in his life that, right. that's yeah. been tainted. And that's Which, weird in that scene too. So there's. Uh, when they start to tussle together, Spicer is saying something there too, and they totally like. Oh, I think they uh, I take think, it out of the film. Yeah, like you can't hear him. They can't say really hear anything. what he's saying. Yeah. Well, so every time I, he talks, they take it out. It yeah, like. it's like he he's he is he does tell him something like you know settle down or something because like, get up he's get not, up or something. He's not. Um, he he doesn't want to fight Jack Nicholson. He just wants to subdue him. Nicholson's a piss poor writer. <laughs> yeah. It's like one punch, and he's always he's lost. <laughs> well, that's well, that's all it took for him to go over the side of the fucking cathedral and Batman. Right. <laughs> so we're almost at the end of the film. Should we go back to the beginning? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of characters there. We we haven't talked about Ray. We haven't talked about Elton hardly at all. Uh, fucking Elton, man. Fucking um, Terry and Palm. Oh boy, uh, yeah. Palm Apodaca. That's probably one of the more memorable characters in this movie. But we'll get to her here in a minute. Um, so Jack Nicholson, uh, it, like like you said, Chuck, at the beginning, he's this blue collar guy. He works in the oil field in California. Um, he's got a girlfriend, played by Karen Black. It's kind of a breakout movie for her, I think. It is, and she yeah. was, and she was nominated for. The Academy Award for Best Actress. She won the Golden Globe for Best Actress. Supporting this, actress. For this Supporting movie? Actress, yes. For this movie? For this movie, yeah. She, interesting. She, she, yeah. This was absolutely a breakout role for her. Right. Yep. And um, he, um, he doesn't really like her. No. Um, and that's something about his personality that I think that's important. I think he just kind of floats through life. He, he'll, he'll, he'll attach himself to, you know, something but he doesn't really it's brought up that he has practically no emotional attachment to anything right um and uh she wants to be a country singer <laughs> and um tammy wynette she wants to be tammy she wynette. basically wants to be tammy wynette which yep. i think pretty much tammy wynette is singing for her throughout this movie i wouldn't be yes terribly for surprised. sure and, and um, she listens to stand by your man over and over and over right, again and jack yes. nicholson's had fuck enough of that what shit. did he say I, if you play that song one more time i'm gonna i'm gonna boil the record down to i forget what he said oh i forget oh to, uh, to hairspray to hairspray <laughs> because also karen black's got a giant hairdo i'm gonna right. melt the record down to hairspray yeah <laughs> Well, I feel like he picked her because she wasn't the brightest person. Like and he, he sticks could, with he her because kind of, he, he, can he doesn't manipulate have her. to think in that. Yeah. Right. And yeah. Um, yeah, and she's a little bit more wise to that than he expects. She manipulates him more than he likes to to let on to. Uh, right. Yeah. Right. Um, she's pouty. She's uh, uh, and she's. <sighs> She'd be hard to be around for yeah. any yes. But her pou- pouting is the manipulation, too. Yes. Like, she pouts until she gets him to do yeah. exactly what she wanted him to. Right. Yep. And, um, but he treats her like 
garbage. Yeah. Oh, terribly. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like he, he slips around. What is that? He poor, poor Rayette Don't go slipping around. Is that Ray, like Rayette deserves out? better than than Robert. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he is. I mean, he. Yeah, he's dismissive of her. He's. Um, he he just he can't tell her that he loves her, and he can't because we find out because of what we find out later that. He is this emotionally stunted He's person. He's bereft of all emotion. <laughs> Pretty <Yes>. much. <laughs> <laughs> he, is, he is a machine. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, because I don't even think he really likes his buddy Elton that much. Mm-mm. Other no. than that they go out and score strange every now and then. Yeah, I mean, every, uh, everything is sort of a means to a hopeful end for jack right. but but it, but none of it ever pans out right yeah. and um yeah he's just kind of slipping through life yep yeah yep. and uh so you know he he gets mad at her for bowling a, a, a picking up a, a spare on the last ball of a game we've already the, lost yeah yeah, yeah of 20 frames of bowling that they've already lost um, he, uh, he he ends up getting hit on by the two chicks next to him. Yeah, right. Uh, like, and it's just, and he doesn't rebuff them. In fact, he gets their number. Right. We don't see it, right. but he gets them. Like, yep. I wish I had more time to sit and talk with you, ladies. He, right. Um, because they think that he's he's a guy that that sells cars on TV, which yeah, he did. lies. Yeah, and says, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, so I mean, eventually, Elton gets arrested. <laughs> yeah, which, which comes kind of out of left field. That yeah, seems he, kind he of funny. He robbed the yeah. bank at some point. Yeah, but this is another another one of those scenes where Jack is trying to walk away, like he does often in this movie. Mm-hmm. But he ends up running back because yeah. he feels something right right he runs back to him to help him and ends up getting in a fight with the cop and gets knocked out after one hit the reason (laughs) (laughs) but he does the same thing with his girl like every time he tries to run he comes back yeah which i think is important later yeah in the film Yeah, yeah for sure and so he well and the reason why he runs is because the night before he's hanging out with elton and elton's lady and they have a kid and kid uh, steps on his nut (laughs) that's not what you were gonna say no but that sure does happen and uh she and and ray karen black is like um oh you you love that little kid don't you and she kind of puts the hint out there she wants a baby right well the next day elton's like yeah by the way what if i told you that ray told us that she's pregnant right and it's like after a while you'll like him yeah, or yeah. Like you're gonna, you, maybe you need this. Yeah. Which maybe is interesting. And then he just fucking flips out and is like, I'm out of here. I'm done. I quit. He's leaving. Right. Well, well it's there's a couple things here. There's a lot there's a lot of things in this movie that are interesting. <laughs> so many things. So many things. There there you don't ever hear it from Ray that she's pregnant. No. So it could just be more of her her way of manipulating uh Or it could just be Elton's blowing smoke up his ass. It could be that as well. Yeah. Um and then, uh, and then Jack, or I'm sorry, Robert, Jack Nicholson, Bobby, Bobby, he, um, yeah, they call him Bobby when he's, you know, in in his world, his world. But Robert, in, when he's uh, in his his family's, family's world, world yeah. right. But uh, he 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 immediately is like, all right, that's it. I, I'm 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 packing up. I'm leaving town. You know, you think that you're my equal, right? It, that that privilege. 
creeps back in to right. his mentality. He's like, I'm better than you. Right. Right. Um, so it's, it's, it's a, he's a hypocritical mm-hmm. in a lot of ways because he thinks that he can live life on his own terms and, and, and chase, you know, his dreams, whatever those might be. But he always has that privilege to fall back. On. Right. So right. he's really not ever hanging out there. Maybe that's also part of what he finds despicable, despicable about himself. Right. Right. And he takes it out on other people right. because he can't deal with it himself. Well, it's funny. you The way you view it, you keep saying he's following his dreams. The way I see it. Or he's trying he, to find them. I think he's just trying to disappear. Could be. Kind of like go well, into anonymity, like just escape everything. Well, yeah. that that would that is where I'm kind of falling because this is kind of that disaffected youth of the late 60s. The promise didn't come true. Right. Or they didn't want what was what was given to them i still feel like he's chasing happiness though he might be he He might might be be so So, but he's certainly disaffected but he he knows that happiness isn't with his old life yep so he's but he doesn't know what the hell happiness actually looks like right yeah right well yeah because see that's the other thing later it's like you've got that fucking old bag that's telling people talking to people about how love is shitty and you know, it's I. I've got a feeling is that's like fucking Ayn Rand or something. <laughs> of this set. That that's, yeah. That Were you thinking the same thing? Fun, too? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, um, because she was always talking about things objectively. Yes. Yeah, and it's like, oh, fucking shut that fucking pie hole. Well, Which so Jack eventually people, does tell her. Yes. Right. That how dare you think that you're so much better? And then I think at that point he realizes that he had work to do but right. he's he's in full on rage mode at this point right and he i think he has to go off to that next life right yeah but so before that his time back at home is, is coming to an end yeah yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah right he tries to run away from his girl after this equal equality conversation but she just pouts the whole time yeah he gets in the car he gets pissed off that he cares I think more than any, he's not mad at her necessarily. He's mad that he feels the need to go back. Yeah. That, because that he, he doesn't want to go back. Yeah. He just right. keeps doing it. Yeah. And, right? But also, I yeah. do think that he also kind of doesn't want to hurt anybody, even though he's an asshole and he hurts people. I think he feels bad if he hurts people. Right. Or if he says things that is not necessarily. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? It's it's not appropriate at that time. Right. It wasn't appropriate for him just because he feels now that he has to go home and that he and that he's just going to that that at that point he feels like, well, all right, well, we're done. You know, I told you things weren't ever going to be anything. Between I'll us. try to call you in a couple of days. Yeah. And, right. and it's like, oh, you're just going to sit there like that. Well, fuck you. And basically just head off. But then he also. um yeah, but but he also doesn't want he doesn't really want to hurt her he doesn't really feel like that's appropriate right um i also a complicated dude i also <laughs> think that he doesn't get the reaction he wants out of her no i think i think, it, it, I think it, he he wants her to beg him or plead with him or to fucking throw him out right or, right. or, or reciprocate, reciprocate his right frustration. Yeah, right. Real, make maybe he's just trying his damnedest to make her realize that he's an asshole. That he's an asshole. Yeah, and she should leave him. Yeah, but when she doesn't, he he pities her. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And at that point, it's like, well, I can't just leave her with nothing, you know, yeah. or whatever. Because he even says, well, I'll leave you some money. Uh, that was almost one more chance yeah. for her to say something. And then he's like, well, fuck it. And that's a little leaves. bit of that's a little bit of privilege creeping in, too. I can yeah. I can I can send you some I can money. pay these things off. <clears throat> yeah. I could just throw money at it and it'll go, it'll go away. away. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so he ends up taking her and they they go up the coast and she's immediately happy right, right? And she's so immediately she goes, just well, she's got what she wants yeah, yeah. so yeah. she was manipulating him yeah. for that whole time right and she's she's pulling out her big ass polaroid taking pictures yep yeah. um, road trip road trip man it's gonna be a good time <laughs> and then they pick up like two they, of my favorite people in the movie well one of my favorite people right in the movie. palm apodeca and terry i feel like i feel like palm Apodaca would have been played by Janine Garofalo in the 90s. In, in the 90s version of this? Yeah. 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 <laughs> a sarcastic, funny movie version of yeah. this. A decade later, she would have been played by um, like a Ray Perlman or... Sarah uh, Silverman? Or Sarah, Sarah, Sarah Silverman would be probably probably the 2000s version of yeah. this character. Yeah. <laughs> um, or possibly a... Um, uh, what's her name? Married to um, SNL. Married to... Uh, Gene Wilder. Um, oh, Gilda, oh Radner. Gilda Radner. Yeah, Gilda Radner could have played this then. Yeah, probably. she probably could have. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, as I put it, it's like this is they get into the back seat, and in the back seat is the first ever Green Party convention. <laughs> right. This is where the movie starts to get good, in my opinion, too. Like right here is where. Yeah. Well, 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 things start to make sense yeah, around uh, this part. Yeah. Because um, here are people who maybe have not actual, so much tonally. Right. right. Yeah. Well, Tom has a lot of grievances. And they're not exactly unwarranted grievances, but she's going to tell you about her fucking she's grievances. She's 30, 30 years too early on a lot of her things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. This is your friend on Facebook that won't shut the fuck up about stuff that's like, yes, I know. I Yes, I know the, the, the poles are melting. Yes. Right. She's yes, an older cratchety version of like Greta Thunberg or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> she's cratchety all right yeah yeah um but she so she's what is she doing she's bitching she just, and moaning bitching and moaning about how like, man ruins everything and, and a man not humanity not just men and then she'll say i don't want to talk about it i don't want to talk about it and then she'll <laughs> go right back into it right back in, and you can just see like you can see jack nicholson and karen black's like their their faces as she's just rambling on in I the think background. He kind of secretly enjoyed it. What I think she, he, what she was doing because well, he didn't have to talk to his girl. Partially totally that, <laughs> but I also think that it's like wow, you know, here's somebody who actually has something that, that to say. Right. Yeah. I think <laughs> like if, most everybody around me never has anything fucking worthwhile to say. Yeah. Right. At first, he kind of it kind of enjoys it. Well, because right. he, he kind of eggs it on a little. Yeah. Bit. Yeah. <laughs> But it's great that, that my favorite part about that scene. She's an uncredited scene in Easy Rider. Is she'll, Hand in head. She goes for like 30 seconds and then she gets her punchline. And then you get like the fade away or like the, the long shot of the car and they start playing the music. Like right. She it's just a new establishing shot that they're heading down the road. She just told a joke. Right. And yeah. then they go right back to her and do the same thing like three <laughs> times. It's great. It's like it's almost like the comedy relief before not almost like it is the comedy relief before the movie gets oh really for heavy. sure it is yeah. yeah it's like okay here's your moment to relax yeah uh-huh. yeah and now we're gonna get into the shit it, it it it's oh no it's also kind of all right so it is this weird ideology it's a combination of environmentalism and and uh 
socialism in a way, like well, like it, anti-materialism, it, 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 you know? Yeah, it, well, yeah, because she's like, everybody should take all of, their, all of their garbage that they buy, all their trash, and just throw it in the hole. And, of course, Karen Black. There's not a hole big there's enough. There's not a hole no, big enough for that. <laughs> Which Smartest is, thing she said all movie. Well, yeah. you know, it's funny because it, it is it is simultaneously dumb and astute, right? Right. Yeah. Right, yeah. Well, and it's Because she takes it literally, but at the same time, she's the making, a, making a, a, a metaphorical exactly. point. Yeah. 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 And yeah. there are a couple of times where she makes those kind of dumb comments that actually turn out to be metaphorically interesting. Yes. Right. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so... Of course, it gets to the point where Karen Black's had a fucking enough of this broad. Yeah, <laughs> which is amazing because yeah. she's the one who's just like fuck her. Yeah. <laughs> she's pretty much the sweetest, you know, like creature in this movie. Right. Like so innocent right. and, and and pure in what some ways. Right, and so uh, uh, this leads to the scene that if anybody's ever seen the scene from this movie, this is the scene they've yeah. seen. It's super famous scene. They go to the diner. And Jack Nicholson, again, this is a little bit of privilege. He's ordering off the menu. You're right. Um, and it's... This, it's not this, like crazy, though. No, but... His requests are not crazy. No. No, <laughs> no but this is partly an old life yeah. thing. Because back then, I think... I think it was kind of a thing where it's like, because you hear that joke every now and then. It's like, oh, he's going to order, order off the, the menu. menu. Yeah. And it's an older style joke. And I have a feeling that... It was something that you go to the country club and they'll make whatever you want right then and there. Right, right. Um, I mean, shit, you order off the fucking menu at Burger King and they can't even give it to Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That This morning I tried to order a black iced coffee at Burger King. No, they can't do it. So so I first turned here, let me take you through it. Yeah, all I did was say, <laughs> I, don't, I would rather have my coffee iced rather than hot. And they're like, oh yeah, great. Would you like um, vanilla or mocha flavoring? And I was like, I would like neither. I would like it to be black. <laughs> I would like for you to put it between and, your knees. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and they said, we actually can't do that. And I thought, really? I didn't say that. I didn't think really. I actually said it just like that. Really? And she said, yeah, we think it's just as crazy as you. I was like, well, all right. Well, you know what? You won me over. Give me a Diet Coke. <laughs> It's like, oh, sorry, we can't do that either. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. what? I was actually kind of bracing for impact there. Yeah. I was like, have they turned the soda machines on yet? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, trust me, the soda machines are always on or I wouldn't get to breakfast <laughs> at places. Anyway, um, so he basically, what he wants is he wants an omelet with toast. Yeah. That's it. A plain omelet with toast. <laughs> and he wanted tomatoes maybe or something. No, tomatoes. Uh, no hold potatoes. The, hold, the, hold the tomatoes. Yeah. Hold no. the mayo. He yeah, actually okay. acquiesce acquiesces quite a bit to the original thing he's like all right fine i'm gonna make this as simple as possible and order give me a chicken salad sandwich <laughs> on wheat toast and then uh an omelet plain hold the onions hold the mayo hold <laughs> the butter hold the butter hold the uh the the the, the, the tomato and then she's like okay chicken salad sandwich hold the bubble it's like okay now <laughs> i want you to hold the chicken salad <laughs> And that way you haven't broken any rules. You'll, yeah, you'll you charge, charge me for, for, the the chicken, for the chicken salad, salad sandwich. sandwich. Yeah. And you haven't broken the rules or anything. And she's just like, no. <laughs> or no. At that point, that's when he says, is there anything else? Yes, I'd like you to bring it between your knees. Well, well, she eggs that on because she said, oh, you don't want the chicken. Right. It's like, what am I supposed to do with that? And yeah. he was like, well, I want you to, to bring it between your, your knees or something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> Hold it between, Hold your, it between knees. your knees. And then... <laughs> 
and then she kicks him out. Yeah, and he flips it and like just knocks all the fucking. He's like, lemonade. look at this sign. What did what did the sign say? I, I think read we were. I think it said we, we reserve the right to refuse, to refuse service. service. Yeah, and basically to anybody who's rude or whatever. Yeah. it's a long sign. Yeah, several. But words. it is kind of. It is. But his sign hazy. is. Look, yeah, yeah. and his sign is uh, much easier. Because he just wipes off the table. There's a table. Yeah, There's a table of all the tricks. It's amazing. Yeah, and then he just leaves. And then, he does that several times this movie where he just lots he of things he off is of him. Yeah. Fucking insane. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Palm is like, oh, wow, man, that was great how you really stuck it to the man, which is, you know, like her That's thing. That's her yeah. thing. And he's like, like, really well, clever. Really so, clever how you were able to get what you wanted. It's like, well, it didn't work. You're right. <laughs> well, it was really clever that you thought up of a way. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. it didn't work. That doesn't matter. <laughs> I didn't matter. get what I wanted. I, no. I did not get what I want, which was, I think, kind of a lesson to her. Yeah. Which is, you can be as clever as you want. You can say all the right things, and you can do all the right things. You're not going to get what you want all the time. <laughs> right. Um, which is, because it's right after that, they're done. They're, they they are going off in a different direction. Right. Because they're going to Alaska. And nobody, nobody got breakfast. <laughs> yeah. right. Nobody got breakfast. Everybody's fucking hungry and grumpy. <laughs> yeah, they're going to Alaska where it's nice and white and yeah until clean. the big until the big thaw yeah until the big thaw says jack nicholson which is apparently <laughs> yeah. coming now in antarctica right. 70 degrees or whatever. again 30 30 40 years in 50 years 50 later. years later jesus yeah, yeah. yeah. 1970 yeah christ so uh it's yeah. amazing that people were thinking about this stuff 50 years ago and nobody's done anything about it well we did stuff about the- it for a little while a little bit. I mean, we got rid of the CFs, the chlorofluoro. Yeah, we got rid of the hole in the ozone. Yeah. Cool. Welcome to Film Seizures Enviro Talk. <laughs> yeah. Special guest, I mean, Greta movie, Thurberg. Yeah. Oh, wait. No, yeah. she's not here. <laughs> this movie kind of brings it out of you because it talks about right, it. Right. It talks about it. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, yeah, but I mean, it's something that we're at least trying to do something about. Now we don't do anything about it. All right. Mm. Oh, so Jack Nicholson lost to George C. Scott. Was that for Patton? Yes. Mm. Oh, Patton. Patton. Or no, it was it was for the movie Man Hit and Grind by Football by M- Hans Molman from the <laughs> Simpsons <laughs> from the Springfield Film Festival. Oh my god! Ah, my grind! <laughs> Ow, my balls! <laughs> uh. You guys remember that, right? Yes. The, okay. Because he did win an Oscar. Because <laughs> he beat out Monty Burns, who tried to buy an Oscar. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can't always throw money at problems. Jeff. That's exactly right. And now let's get back to throwing money at problems, uh, which is the movie Five, five easy, easy pieces. Yes. Shut up. Shut, Shut up. up. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Um, no. So, uh, yeah. So, they, they he does not want to bring Karen Black home. He's embarrassed no. by her. She's, yeah. She's, this is the highest of high class in the Pacific Northwest, I guess. But I think he also thinks, fuck it. What greater grenade can I put into this life that I've I've disavowed than than my waitress girlfriend right you know but he keeps the grenade at the hotel for a couple weeks he does he's he's until he's, she runs out of money right yeah. yeah it's either send her home or or bring her to the house well and it, he, and it, no she shows up at the house oh, on the that's house. right she does she, she just takes the fucking cab how the fuck the cab did she there. find it she, I, she must have had the address but she said you didn't leave a number so i don't how i have the no idea she get there because that's probably not an easy place to find yeah, my no guess idea. is she said take me the old dupree dupree yeah she knew his last name yeah, yeah. she'd yeah. find it yeah yep. so um 
by this time he's already plowed Susan Hansbach, who's the uh, who's the lover slash student of his brother, of his older brother. Yeah, yeah. she's sexy. She's all right. I think she's sexy. She's all right. She's all right. She's all right. I don't have any opinion. I like that old broad that was talking about how love is useless and shit. Oof. Really getting my with with really the, my with the squirrel around. in her hair. Yeah. yeah. God, I love those privileged <laughs> privileged people that talk about the world like they've actually like lived they actually in it. know a fucking they, they thing. They've lived or two. in it. Yeah. yeah. You don't live in our world. Kick, I wanted to kick that broad <laughs> right. in the face. Yeah. <laughs> which You've which never been to this? Which is exactly why why Robert Bobby, Bobby had had the the. The reaction. The, the reaction he did, yeah, because he's lived in this world, in both worlds. And yeah, how dare you comment on something you know nothing, you know nothing about, right? Yeah. Um, which so he yeah, called her what a celibate hag? Is that what he called her? I think so. Or a celibate something. Funny. Yeah, yeah, something. Wrong. He called her a celibate, which was really funny. Yeah, that was the other c word I was hoping he was going to use. But, he didn't. <laughs> uh, but anyway, he did use the other c word though when he celibate. was in the car earlier. No, he crotch burglar. Oh, okay. I feel like I feel no, like no. Wait, what? I thought you were going with uh, C U N T C word. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. He said that in the car when he got pissed off and he was hitting the steering wheel. Oh yes, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep, he yep, did yep. drop the C word. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I, I feel like that the, a lesser movie would have allowed that character, Bobby's character, to, pontif- to pontificate on all the things he's learned about oh, the lower, about the lower in, class in the in the right? late nineties right. or the early two thousands. That character would have pontificated, right? And it would have been the big swell of music, and he uh-huh. would have changed. He would have changed. He never changes in this movie. No. Spoiler alert. But, but <laughs> what I love about it, right, is he he knows that he doesn't know shit. Right. But he knows but, but he knows bullshit when he hears it. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. He he because he's bullshitted his way right. through life. But that's the most Holden Caulfield moment yeah. in this whole film is for when, sure. Yeah, when he, he takes her down basically for being a phony. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because I mean and you know It takes phony to spot a phony. Yep. 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 Uh, yeah, so where was I going with that? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, yeah, kind of jumped over. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, so, so, um, so uh, I don't remember her name now. Is it which one? Uh, Susan Osbuck. Oh, Catherine. Catherine. That's that's what I thought it was, but I couldn't remember. But now Catherine is, uh, you know, she's she's somebody who kind of tells us the thesis of this movie, right? Right at the end of act number two, which is basically she begs Bobby to play something for him. And he comes up with just the simplest thing that he could think of that he could just sit right down and play, which is one of the easy pieces. It's one of the five easy pieces that he uh, began his lessons with. Yeah. When he was a child and he just sits down, he plays it. She has a reaction to it. And he's like, yeah, I did it. I did that thing. It's pretty funny because in that scene, I was on his side of the fence. Like I, I'm like, she's got she tears. Said, she's got tears in her eyes, and I'm well, like, it's, it's not. It's not piece. that nothing that yeah. special, right? But right. It, but that but that says something about. It's not really about the thing, right? Like it's about the personal attachment that somebody creates with that thing, right? For for Bobby to have no personal attachment, and then to kind of not even recognize her attachment or belittle it sort of which is his biggest problem particularly with ray because he belittles her hopes and dreams or whatever uh he ends up pissing off Catherine because she's like you don't have 
any kind of emotion or any kind of heart. He severed all of that when he left home. I mean, right. that's why he left, right? He cut all that off. Well, and it he may did. have been that he never really had it, right. at least not for music. Right. And, you know, these are musicians that, I mean, it would be like, it, it would be like, um, I don't know. I mean, it would be like John Lennon showing up for the for a Beatles album. It's like, yeah, you guys are fucking weirdos, man. I don't, I don't really care about any of the right any of this shit right doesn't mean anything to me doesn't mean anything to you probably wouldn't have ended very well well but, i think that's kind of happened at the end a little bit well john was like yeah. well, the beatles are nothing like right but but to but to the to another group of people that would be like yeah man you're 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 waking up or whatever to a, a particular group that doesn't understand what you're dealing with or what you're going through right Right. Or the fact that you just simply don't want to be what they think you should be. Right. Just because it's I was a be piano weird. prodigy doesn't mean I have to be. Right. More on that I scene. I can just be an idiot, like, just roaming the country. Sorry. Go ahead. <clears throat> no, you're fine. Oh, um, the oil fields. Yeah. More, more on that scene. She, she wasn't necessarily upset that he didn't have an emotional response or, or have any emotion himself as he played it. She was more upset that he belittled her response. Right. 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 Um, because it's like fine, you know, be who you are, but don't don't accuse me or make me feel badly for the way I respond to things. Right, right, yeah, because that is something that is very important that she says basically that um, because he's like, well, she's like, well, you asked to see me, and unfortunately, I'm seeing you. <laughs> right, which is a pretty that's a pretty deep kind of dig on him because right. like she's seeing him for what he is. He's he's bullshit. Just like he thinks everything else is bullshit. Well, he himself is bullshit. Why do you think she sleeps with him? I don't know because I don't know because she was she's that song made her made her <laughs> made her a little squishy. Well, yeah, I think she sees a little a little more in him than he sees in himself. But it's just in the end, it's not enough. Also. His brother Carl's a fucking loser. Well, I couldn't figure out if they were actually dating. <laughs> no, get... she does say later. It's like I, I've been. I'm. I'm being unfair to Carl. Right. Yeah. Which it also seems to think that she recognizes that Carl has feelings for her that she doesn't have. Maybe so it's unfair to. That's another thing that. Uh, I, 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 Fifty I, years ago, that's something that that I'm. I'm guessing. I'm guessing that. Uh, women in certain circumstances like this where she was introduced to somebody right at the end of her marriage and she kind of goes off with that guy but doesn't really love him but it's unfair of her to have feelings for somebody else that kind of comes up to that's another old she mentions old she mentions thing. that um carl basically saved her like built her back yes. up right after her so marriage she collapsed kind of owes it to him <clears throat> so i feel like carl gives her what she needs and Bobby maybe gives her something a little bit more what she wants of what she wants. Yeah. Like and not even necessarily that she wants it, but he's he's a puzzle. He's complicated, which makes him interesting. Carl is not complicated. No. Right. And being complicated and interesting, I can tell you guys from experience, <laughs> will make you really, really wanted. Yeah. Uh, trust me you have to have five locks on your door i do and i think i do (laughs) and i think she eventually she breaks him down to what she what she feels like he is you know and and and, or what he's not going to become and realizes yeah he's not for me right right he was good enough for the moment but not forever kind of yeah 
Yeah, and which which drives him nuts. Oh yeah, because well, it's just another disappointment in his life. But it's also becomes an unattainable thing that he does want. Right, right, and he does. But he already got it. So he it's, already it's, got it. It's, just, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, because he's able to kind of walk away from it. He has like a moment of where you think like he kind of feels bad and wishes he could stay with her, but then he, I think he just. Well, he just sheds it off for the next life. Yeah. Yeah. He just I brushes mean, it under the, the rug. Yeah. He's ready yeah. for the for his next incarnation. Right. So, I don't know. Do we miss anything in that house besides uh Well, Spicer? there's the favorite scene. There's my there's, favorite there's, scene. Yeah, we got to go to that. With uh, his father. The whole this reason the he's whole there. The whole impetus of this movie is yeah. this moment. Yeah. The whole reason he's there, he's come back home, is because his father is is dying basically said two strokes two strokes could really go at any time probably um and you get the impression very early on that bobby does not have the best relationship with his father it's probably the the main reason why he left home in the first place or it's just a a cycle of he didn't want to be a musician right you know and his father wanted a certain thing for him and he didn't want what his father wanted right right and it just spiraled into uh, now i'm leaving which only made things worse yeah yeah but that that's touching too the only the only time he actually speaks his heart the entire film the person he's speaking to can't right respond to him right Right. or he's worried wouldn't respond to him even if he could talk yeah well that was the thing he said yeah. that i've imagined what and i feel like we wouldn't be talking yeah. right yeah so it, it's almost like this perfect thing for him is because he can't imagine what his father would say but his father can't say it and also he has to listen to him right it's very cathartic yeah he does get a he, is that the right the, word i think yeah, yeah absolutely it is, it is the right word uh the the father he does have an expression that is not the disappointment that he that he showed earlier it's it's almost sadness it's sadness and and there's a reconciliation i feel yeah because yeah. he does tell his dad the last thing he says to his dad is i'm sorry it didn't work out yeah you know and i think that was probably all his dad wanted to hear yeah um but but you he, know. but he doesn't he doesn't necessarily apologize for any wrongdoing because i don't think no. there was any wrongdoing but, I don't, yeah i don't think but he, he did anything wrong he's just sorry that he's he didn't sorry do... that they didn't have the best relationship yeah yeah and it's sincere yeah it is sincere i mean he, he's crying yeah <laughs> i mean he's it's one of the few times you'll ever see yeah. jack nicholson cry on the I, there's there's a line where he says that um i don't think it's any secret that you and i were just never very comfortable with one another right and then i think he even said at one point uh that you know, you know, I I just wanted to say I'm sorry, and I bet or something about how you probably would have never expected me to say that or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. I don't think that there's any wrong. It's just just didn't work out, right? You know, and in a way, it's kind of uh, it's it's kind of telling about how uh, you know a lot of relationships work. It doesn't matter if it's friends or parents or you know lovers or whatever Some, most of the time it just doesn't work out right um now with family you expect it to work out but when it doesn't sometimes it just doesn't with family it's like yeah i feel like you got to keep trying <laughs> right right <laughs> right um yeah yeah and you know i mean and, and there's a lot there because there were probably a lot of people in their 20s and 30s at that time that were dealing with that exact same thing i mean a different time people had you know expectations for what somebody would do go into the army fight for your you know we did you should too and 
you know, and uh, okay, boomer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his father was part of the greatest generation, right? <laughs> right, probably. Right, yeah, 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 yeah certainly. So. Yeah, so I mean, it was so there would be certain expectations like that, and that also plays across lines where, well, I was a lawyer, I'm rich because of it. You should be doing the exact same thing, right? It's a proven model for success, right? Yeah, and so it's you know, and that was how people were raised back then. Well, that was not how our generation was raised. Um, But I would also probably say that just around this table, there are probably three different sets of parenting styles too, maybe, right? With different sets of expectations and different leniencies and different you know uh, yeah so yeah because i i i know how i was raised and it was a lot of leniency but also i was the f- fourth child of right. you know of a family so it's like i yeah, but at the same time um there was there were expectations set from different perspectives too right and the, the, so this movie kind of touches a, a lot of that. You know, there's expectation, there's privilege, there's trying to make your own way, there's being just frustrated without it saying that you're frustrated with the way the world works. These characters are frustrated with the way the world works. Right. Or at least the characters outside of the, of the second half of the movie. Right. Where you get into that kind of, uh, you know, upper class. Mm-hmm part so yeah i mean this is it's a timeless idea told in a way that is very timely for that era right yes yes because you could take the you could take the exact same sentiments uh-huh. um people make movies like this all the time yeah you can take this exact same thing you can change the race you can change the you can change the gender of the character you can do whatever and you can still tell this type of story right. it's just it's um there would be slightly different um, maybe slightly different devices used, right? But there would be uh, the these same days, story. The ca- these days, the character has to learn something, though, right? Oh, so you, yeah. you kind of touched on that earlier. Yes. The character has to learn something, or people aren't happy. Or, or right. yeah, and, and usually when the character learns something, it just it feels artificial, right? It feels like so what? You're everything's okay now? Like you yeah. you figured out life? Yeah, yeah. yeah right? good you, for know, you. you know, you know all the all the moves, right? You know, no, it's not yeah. life at all. That's why I, this movie, I think, stand on stands on its own in regard of it there doesn't. Is no happy it doesn't ending. feed you answers. It doesn't no. give you, you know, lessons to learn. It just it makes you unpack all of these things, like we're doing now, and 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 hold a mirror up to your own life, right? Yeah. Right. Which is, I think, why this movie has endured. Yeah. What's, what's great about the end, if we're at that point yet? is he'd he'd been shedding a little bit of himself all the time as he leaves, right? Yep. Every time he leaves or changes or yeah, whatever. I know exactly where you're going with it. At the very end of this movie, he gets rid of his identity completely. Yeah. He yeah. hands his wallet yeah. to his girlfriend. He goes to the bathroom. He looks at, looks at himself in the mirror. And you have to imagine he's thinking, this is the last time you'll see me or I will see me like this. Yeah. Yep. Right, because he hangs his coat up because you think he's going to take a leak or something. Right, and then he looks in the mirror. He says goodbye to himself, basically. I mean, he's handed his wallet to Ray. That's what I'm saying. He hands his wallet. He gets that's his identity. He gets rid of any any marker. of himself. He goes outside, sees that the that the semi carrying logs up to Canada or to Alaska, Alaska or whatever, probably where it's headed. Yeah, probably is Alaska because it was set up. Yeah, you know, yeah, to go there for something anyway. clean yeah. and new and fresh. Right. Um, 
<laughs> you know what line wouldn't be in the movie today? What? All the white in Alaska. <laughs> All the white. That probably would not be a line that's spoken today. Um, I think they were talking about snow. And, uh, no, I know, but snow. Oh, oh, okay. well, my diatribe the, the on bi- Twitter the bi- the has big, just been the, the big. The big thaw was all of the refugees coming into yeah. Alaska. Yeah. yeah. Oh my, oh god. my <laughs> god. Oh my gosh. Let me bang out 280 characters of outrage. But you wonder. Um, so he gets in. But no, he. But so he gets into the thing, and you know, the 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 uh, the truck driver's like, hey. Um, don't you have a coat or anything? It's like, no, nah, at all. Everything I own, everything I own is what I'm wearing. Everything else yeah. was burned up in the fire. He literally set his life on fire. Yeah. Right. And, and he, and he, and he, and, he ma- and he manufactured that fantasy, you know, on the spot, or maybe he's, or he's fantasized about it his whole life, but he's like, I'm finally ready to just be anonymous. Right. Yeah. That's why I think he was shed, like trying to not so much find himself, but to lose himself and, and more and, than anything. Thing is what and maybe like. that's what he needed to do to shed the last of the privilege that he feels so guilty about. Right. He had closure with his father. Yeah. And now he, yeah, he leaves all that at the door. And this and time. And he leaves money with Ray. Yeah. 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 What he said he was going to do anyway. Yeah. yeah. And this time you feel like he won't. He's, he's not, not coming, coming back. back. He's not coming back. There's no way back. But that was his tendency was to come back. He came back all the time in this right. movie. But now he's like, this is it. This is, this is it. I'm this done. is it. And that part is great. I yep. love yeah. Actually. Yeah. I was actually rather surprised by this film because the first half of it, like I said, I was like, well, this is like just this blue collar film where nothing goes right for this. <laughs> lovo- no, he's not even a lovable. Loser. No, he's right. A, he's right. A but nothing goes guy. right for this loser. Yeah. And then you find out like he's doing this to himself. Yeah. This was purposeful and he's trying to tear himself down mm-hmm. and finally he does it. It's that, people that's, do this all the time. Yeah, I know. That's why I think I like this movie so much is because that first half is really setting up, you know, this guy's psyche. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, but not even that. It's like a lot of what he does just doesn't make sense until you have context. Right. Right. And then when it gives you context, the the little tumblers start to fall into place, and you start to unlock a little bit more about what this guy's about, and. And you can have a really cool conversation with your buddies about it. Yeah. 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 Another cool part of this movie that we kind of skipped by, uh, and I think it was kind of a, a telling moment, is when they're stuck in traffic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With, this is a pretty famous scene, too. Yeah. yeah. When, when they're stuck in traffic, he goes and stands on the dude's car, and he's like, hey, get off my car. Yeah. And he gets back in the back of the truck. And this is, I think, the happiest you see him in the entire film. Because he's playing music, uh-huh. which and I think being... he still he still loves to do, but he doesn't want attention. And you have all these cars honking and noise around him, yep. so it's completing an anonymity uh-huh. while he's doing something he loves. Yeah, and then the car kind of just you know veers away. off down away from everything. It's kind of telling you this is yeah. where this movie is yeah. right going. And yeah, right. It's just it doesn't go far enough. He's still stuck in the yeah. In the city. It got off at the right. exit. Instead yeah, yeah, of, right. yeah. <laughs> oh shit! It just dropped me off at you know six thirty at night and yeah. in town. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> well, I guess I still got to deal with this life. But that is pretty <laughs> yeah. cool the way they they set that up. Well, and also you see it also where you know he's walking by the barber college and he's waving the people and he seems happy, like. He doesn't smile much in this movie. He had a when he does, the, it's yeah. scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's making fun of his brother or he's creepy smiling. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, yeah. So it's like, you know, and it's, you know, it's after that that, you know, his buddies like, uh, you know, they, they, oh, also, <laughs> wait a minute. We, we, 
we see we see Sally Struthers topless. In the <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna we're gonna wrap we this episode up on, on Sally Struthers. <laughs> Actually, pretty magnificent breasts. <laughs> I have to say, like they are—they're nice. She is one of the girls that hits on Jack at the, uh, bowling, at the alley. bowling alley. Yeah, and so you know he picks up the two girls, takes them over to his buddy uh, Elton's place. They're sitting around in their underwear, goofing off one night. Some scenes later, he finds out that his dad's dying from his sister, who's recording something in 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 the city, and he goes and sees her. <laughs> And so to get out that frustration of shit, I got to go home. He fucks <laughs> Sally Struthers in a whirling in a weird, dervish like, of, thing. Yeah. Like, he's like trying to create a, a kind of like Tasmanian uh, devil yeah. tornado yeah. Yeah. while while he's while he's uh, plowing Sally Struthers. I don't Struthers. even know how it's possible that he was plowing while doing. That. I know he couldn't have been. No. It, otherwise, it, well, you're right. Like the up and down motion with the Are twisting we motion well, would, would have probably sat- broken his his penis. Well, yeah, well, it would have well, permanently strained. What, what, permanently strained his penis. Yes. <laughs> what it would have done was it would have ripped a hole in time and space. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and they would have been lost forever. <sighs> um, yeah, in another dimension. He would have loved that. Probably would have. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> I did it. As he's looking, he just fucking his way off to the next dimension. <laughs> All right. You've been listening to film. <laughs> How's that for an awkward landing? Uh, anyway, this is a great movie. Agreed. I don't know if I can recommend it to anybody and everybody, uh, but it is a, a great counterculture film from that time period. You yes. need an attention span to to really watch this movie yeah and i blame the mtv of taking away the mtvs because yeah. i think a lot of people in there and i i don't want to discredit anyone but younger people who need like things to change quickly yeah are not going to be able this to hang is, with this movie this no. is like the uh, 10 years later they do make another movie like this john green would have to make like write a novel that gets adopted into a film yeah. about this these themes for the kids fault these days. this, to would, watch this it. would have to end up like being like I don't know, maybe adapted into like a a, a Rick and Morty episode or something. <laughs> actually, actually, he did kind of write a movie about, or write a book that was turned into a movie about this, but it was sort of more of the female perspective. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, uh, 10 years after this, they do kind of make another movie like this. And it's still, it's kind of for the next generation of people. You're that's urban up star trek no i'm gonna bring up urban cowboy oh yeah uh, yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, another situation where you have a frustrated youth uh you know who's not exactly sure what he's doing where I mean, he's doing it I, that movie's catcher in their eye too i mean oh yeah so many of these movies are catcher in their eye they yeah. re- it really is i mean that movie the reason why that movie is considered maybe the greatest you know american novel is because it is it is the first to really just nail that that teenage disaffection right yeah yeah in a time where it was really hard to find that yeah i mean we we think of the 50s as being this you know because that came out in the 50s right i think so late yes 50s maybe? yes yeah. yes um because i know that ken kesey was a little bit like early 60s or so yeah but anyway um i think it would kind of set up those other writers uh like 51 51 so i think it set up people like kerouac and kesey and oh certainly so you know so that's a time period that you think everything is just you know squeaky clean and spiffy and right it probably really wasn't um at least not publicly right right 
So, all right. Cool. Um, I think we've, you know, I, I finally was able to talk about Sally Struthers. Uh, <laughs> that was your first note, right? Yes, and with, yeah. with stars around it and yeah. a bunch of arrows. Make sure you talk about Hearts. It. Yeah. yeah. You write down the time that happens in the movie. So you yeah, go back Mr. To Skin. Skin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mr. Skin. Uh, all right. So, uh, yeah, next week we start a new month. Uh, it's April. April. So, yeah. We want to uh, talk about some movies that are kind of um, uh, big, big ambition. It kind of just didn't work out. Yes. Much like how Jack Nicholson and his father didn't quite work out. Right. We're sorry. It just didn't quite work. So we're going to kick that off with Zardoz. Yo. <laughs> Which, I mean, yeah. Woo. Go right to the right, right to the meat. Go right, right to, to the, the red uh, diaper. Yeah, I was gonna say what the, the the right to the cod piece. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so we're gonna start with Zardoz because it's April. First. You're gonna see my not? penis. <laughs> <laughs> um, Is that all right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. That's fine. <laughs> okay. But uh, so yeah, uh, Jason. Yes. You know what I'm gonna ask. What are you gonna ask? Where can they find us? Yeah. They can find us at filmseizure.com. Yeah. Perfect. I mean, that's Say no it. more. That's it. Shh. Shut, Shut up. up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about that anymore. Uh, no, uh, nope. So, uh, yeah. So, that's where you can go and find all of our stuff. You, all the links are there. All of it's there. Um, Mondays, Monster Mondays. Check that shit out. Check it. Um, Saturdays. Still got double O Saturdays. Sure on. do. Um, um, one week it's the movies. The next week it's the music. Fridays. What do you got on Fridays, Jeff? B movie enema. Uh huh. Um. Yeah. So there's that. Read it all about it. Read all about it. perfect. Perfect toilet reading. It is. It really is. Yep. Coffee and shits. Coffee and shits and B movie enema. It's. It, it helps you. It is. It helps you move. It'll move right along. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, that's. Yeah. That's, good stuff. that's part of the joke. Chuck, do you read that on the toilet? Uh, no. Oh, that's right. You, you, you somehow subscribed for the print version that's never coming. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's been waiting for issue one. <laughs> I don't know how he found that website, but he, yeah. um, <laughs> Enema Monthly. Like, oh, this is the wrong magazine. <laughs> saw a lot of buttholes. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So until next week. When we kick off the uh, didn't quite work out month. Yes. I'm Jeff Arbuckle. I'm Chuck Moore. I'm Jason Oliver. And shut up. Shut up. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Is this really how we're going to end? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And if you love him, I'll be proud of him. Because after all, he's just a man.